it's the OH that I owe. The hottest spot between New York and Chicago. Everywhere I go, it's that O to the H that I owe. That CLE bravado. Giving loud bravo, I call it desperado. In the land of El Dorado. Home to Boliquas, Italians, and some Vatos. Home of that first flight. Home of that traffic light. Home of Don King and that Ali Chuck Repner fight. Them Cleveland Indians and Ten Cent for that beer night. Birthplace of Bone Thug. Gave birth to them Buckeyes. Gave birth to them Cleveland Browns. The Bingos, we worldwide. NFL with the Hall of Fame. Rock and roll and it's all the same. Halle Berry, Steph Curry, Kid Cudi, and LeBron James. Ohio, that major player. Gave birth to major players. First major city with a black mayor. Call the player. This is with an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Get ready to laugh. Uh, our favorite comedian, Jason Lawhead, joins me and Jake. Jason, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys. Good to be back, man. Uh, excited. Excited, as always, this time of year. Well, what's really exciting is December 22nd, you're coming back to Lorraine, and you're bringing some funny guys with you, Jason. Um, tell everybody about this Laughter All It's Christmas special that you're doing at the Palace Theater December 22nd. Yeah, you know what? It's, a, uh, it's an exciting one for me. This will be the third time I've come to do the Lorraine Palace Theater, and the, and the first two times I basically kind of have been the sole name on the bill headlining uh, one year I had my dad open for me which uh, which was really cool just as a kind of a novelty and, and, a, and, a, and a memory for me to, to last forever and and this year uh, we took a few years off just to kind of you know keep the interest going and this year um, just kind of uh, bringing two of the uh, what I think is the top, the top emerging you know comics working this the, the, the road in the circuit today and uh, and uh, we're doing a Jason Lawton and Friends show, this one, and uh, kind of a, a guinea pig, if you will, if, if, if I don't get sued by PETA for that, um, it, as far as uh, something that we maybe want to try a, a series of these shows. So we're hoping that uh, there's a, a good response and a good attendance, and we can make sense of doing this down the road, and uh, um, maybe some multi-shows with, with different comics that I know, and uh, across the country um, for a series of Jason Lawless shows annually, maybe. Um, so exciting. And these guys, Joe List, uh, out of Boston originally, a New York City comic, um, just recently did a Netflix half-hour special. He's been on Conan and Fallon in the last year. Um, Brett Ernst coming out of, uh, from L.A., originally from uh, uh, Miami, uh, South Florida area. Uh, you know, he was uh, uh, kind of a, a broke into the scene on Vince Vaughn's Wild West Comedy Tour years ago. I uh, just did a, um, a Comedy Central Presents uh, special, um, all kinds of uh, things going on with him. Uh, he just, uh, he's been cast in the, the new Cobra Kai reboot, the YouTube uh, show with uh, Ralph Macchio on Karate Kid. He plays Ralph's uh, nephew, Louis LaRussa. So uh, excited to have these guys. Excited to bring, um, you know, more flavor to Lorraine and, and expose uh, some, 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 some new entertainment to, to, the, to the downtown that's kind of in a slow but steady revitalization and uh, um, proud of all those things. So um, really looking forward to this um, coming up uh, next Saturday. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's you know, I, I, late in the, it's, it's kind of late in the year, and it's one of those things that uh, hopefully the community responds to come on out and have a good time, and we can do this again. 
the two things you got going for this event is plenty of free parking, and the tickets are cheaper than Michelle Obama's book tour. So, (laughs) I hope so. Um, Yeah, we're trying to make it where the ticket can be, you know, twenty five, thirty, thirty five bucks. And I think, you know, compared to what uh, um, what you what you pay for to see other names that you you may recognize a little bit more, but I don't think are gonna, you know, kind of deliver that that kind of a show with, with you know the, the the kind of hunger that these comics have right now um and uh you know i i think it's pound for pound probably you know the best the best ticket you'll you'll get for entertainment in probably northeast ohio this weekend or that weekend you know so uh yeah we're excited man these guys are excited to come in and uh you know, hopefully uh, this is something, you know, starting something new. Actually, Jason, I had a, a comedian question for you. I was interested about sure. what's what's tougher for a comedian, or for you, I guess, specifically, having to follow someone who killed right before you or who flopped right before you, and why is that? You know, I like to try to – I enjoy, you know, uh, going up with, with somebody that killed in front of me um, because – you when when that's happening, uh, unless you're an idiot and you're not in the room and you don't see it going on, um, it kind of uh, you know builds even a, a a bigger fire inside of you. You know, so it's kind of that thing where you're pacing around and you know you've got to bring the goods. Last night was a, a, a kind of an interesting example. I, I headlined a, a little one nighter show that's in San Clemente, and. Um, uh, middle act who I'd never seen before, never never met. Um, very funny guy. Uh, his name was Quincy, and you know, came out and the crowd loved him. And uh, I was sitting kind of in the back, going, "All right, you know." Instead of just sitting there in the last ten minutes, I had to get up and I had to move around and I had to get get my bearings. And uh, I came right at at him like a buzzsaw because I was pushed to do that. I think a lot of times, if if somebody flopped in front of you, yeah, that you know it might make you look better on, uh, on the surface, but um, did they deflate the crowd? Did they, did they bring the crowd down to a point where you can't get them back? And um, will the crowd kind of, uh, you know, see you uh, as someone, you know, that that's kind of re- ready to step in and, and do that. So um, a lot of comments might, might want the easy way out on that one and go, yeah, g- give me somebody that, you know, that, that, a bomb so I can look good, but uh, no, nah, man, I'm, 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 put me up there. You know, I've, I've followed uh, Bill Burr's into fires and, and other comics like that and uh, have held my own. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's what you're going to eventually have to do in this business if you're a comic at some point and if you want to be one. So, you know, David Letterman has a great line where, you know, he says, uh, um, you know, I had to follow Richard Pryor at the comedy store one night after he did a half hour and he goes, I'm lucky to be alive still today, you know? So, um, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, um, you can, you know, you, you learn a lot about yourself in that situation on either end. And, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm always for give the, give the crowd the best show possible. Right. Why not? If, yeah, for if sure. He's going to, if somebody's going to bomb, maybe it'll be me, it'll be on me, but if, you know, I know, uh, in that scenario, but you know, might as well just have nobody bomb instead of one person bomb. There you go. Hey, do you have, do you have a quick, really good heckler story? I'm always interested in those and how you handle that sort of situation. Yeah, this is a great heckler story. I'll tell you what. You know, um, on the side for 
you know, a little extra money when I'm not on the road and when I'm uh, when I'm uh, needing some exercise. I I ref uh, you know basketball in the San Diego County area. I ref you know you know youth to high school basketball. A lot of times on the weekends, there's a lot of different rec games and organized basketball games out here, and nothing prepares you more. Uh, than being heckled. I told a guy the other night, he was kind of saying something, and he was like, oh, yeah, well, I go, yeah, dude, don't, don't worry. I go, this is nothing. I go, you, you, I go, you sitting there drunk with, you know, three of your friends, ain't nothing like, you know, some seventh grader's mom who thinks the kid's great. I go, you, you want to get you want to prepare to get heckled, rough basketball. But but I'll tell you what, what's funny is about two weeks ago, <laughs> I was getting just ripped. Me and my partner were getting ripped by this parent, and I was running up the sideline. This is a true story. And he was there was a there was a dead ball whistle on a call he made and he was on the other side of the court with the with the benches and he was trying to explain it to the coach that wasn't happy and the and the lady behind me just yells, You guys are terrible and I, I took my whistle out and I leaned over and I looked back at her and the police I go, Yeah, yeah, lady, the, the whole world's terrible. I go, uh, just be glad I'm only in control of a seventh grade girls game instead of the Supreme Court. And people started laughing. And like one guy was like, that's hilarious. And I put my whistle back in my mouth, and I just walked away. And I, <laughs> dude, there's nothing. Like, I, I've seen it all at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the only thing that prepares you for a heckler is stage time and being heckled and kind of a lot of time being in the room when somebody else is heckled. And if you're a younger comic, you see a guy that maybe have, has a little bit more uh, you know, longer in the tooth handling it, and you can pick up little pointers here and there along the way, and eventually you're just kind of uh, the microphone is yours, the show is yours, and uh, you know I'm always kind of leery of it. I'm, I'm not I'm not looking for it, but I'm always ready and leery for it. And uh, I kind of you kind of have an idea before you take the stage if there is any you know kind of unruliness in the crowd. You kind of already know where, where those tables are a little bit. Um, if you're if you're not the you know very first guy, um, so yeah, man, I always just kind of lean back on that kind of a thing. With the, uh, the the week after, some guy I was I was doing a another like seventh grade girl game B squads, by the way, and uh, the guy yelled, "That's a travel!" And I, I I literally running up the court, I took my whistle and I go, "They all are, dude." I go, if I blow I'll be blowing this whistle all day. People are laughing. Like, I'll be blowing this whistle all day. I go, you won't know if I'm a ref or a the ma- drum major for the Ohio State marching band. And, it, it, and people are cracking up. So I'm like, you know, um, that builds. <laughs> there's nothing like getting getting heckled by some seventh grader who's, who's terrible and their mom thinks they're great, right? And you're just like, lady, if I could really tell you what I think, um, you know. So... Uh, I've been, you know, being the youngest is being the youngest of a big family, seven kids, older brothers, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I've learned to be picked on in my life, so it's not, I'm not worried about any of that. Oh man, that's the best that your best heckling stories come from seventh grade basketball. Nothing like it. Oh, <laughs> as, as an umpire. yeah, dude. I, yeah. I I tell comics all the time. I go, dude, you want good stage time? I go and build some thick skin. Go ref. Go ref. You basketball. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. That'll build some armor for you. All right, let's get into these brownies. Uh, the most exciting yeah. team in Cleveland. Believe that. Unbelievable. Uh, How about that? Is it, yeah, uh, pretty crazy. You know. But uh, you weren't a huge, huge fan of taking Baker Mayfield when we when we did, I guess. Uh, that's fair to say. But what are your thoughts on him now? Or are you uh, you a believer in Baker as the leader of this team going forward? 
I am, you know, and uh, you know, you're right. I, 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 during the draft at that time last year, I was, I was stuck on saying you take Saquon Barkley. How do you pass on Saquon? How do you let the, you know, probably the next great running back in the next 25 years, which we're watching right now. He's putting up record numbers um, from scrimmage yards and rushing yards, yards per carry, especially for a rookie. Um, he's on pace to have the second most yards from scrimmage, I think, in the history of at the NFL um, if, if he plays these last three games out. But, and I was also in a, in a situation where you look at the numbers, right? You go, well, you know, the NFL is a numbers game a lot of times. You know, when's the last time a Heisman Trophy quarterback won a Super Bowl? Jim Plunkett, well, the one's the last, only two times it's ever happened, Staubach and Plunkett. Um, and, you know, back then those guys were both 6'3", which 45 years ago was 6'6", six, six, and this guy's six foot. and you should think of da 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 I mean, is he good enough to flip a 1-31? in 31? We're not – we didn't have the number one pick because we were 3-13 and 13 and 5-11 and 11 the year before. You know, we had it because we were 1-31, and 31, so I thought, man, I don't know if this guy's good enough to get that, and there's some other quarterbacks in this draft. We've got a lot of early picks um do the can't miss guy but now you watch him and i'm uh, you know i'm glad to be wrong i mean as much as i, I would still love to have saquon barkley obviously you sit there and go this was the guy that that that, that, that the car needed the keys to be given to and um there were some other situations uh, obviously that went on throughout the year that that benefited baker to to you know, with 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 Tyrod getting hurt early, and then, and then removing Hugh and and letting him just kind of play free and uh, kind of uh, in that Maverick situation, kind of that you know, I, I compare him to like how uh, Freddie Kitchens is kind of how like uh, Tom Scared and Top Gun just kind of let let Tom Cruise go a little bit. You know, he's just like well, we're gonna let this bird fly, even though you know he's a little you know um, you know unorthodox in a way as far as you know, kind of a gunslinger, um, but. Look what he's doing, and here, here, here's at the end of the day why why I think he is obviously he's flipped the script in that sense of just being in the in the graveyard of football, and we have a chance to you know have a winning season and you know by some miracle uh, get into the playoffs still. But um, what I think at the end of the day is he epitomizes, and, and it's been said before, he epitomizes that me against the world attitude, which Cleveland, we all have, just the people from that area and, and, and the sports, you know, identity and, and you know, the, the economy identity and the weather identity, what it's like to be from Cleveland. It's all, you know, he's being, being made fun of, and Baker was, was the walk-on. He was the guy kind of nobody wanted, and then he had to go transfer, and then he had to go prove himself. And... When you see a kid that got beat at home against Ohio State his junior year and then was able to say, that's never going to happen again, and we're going to go in the following year on the road and beat a better Ohio State team and um, was able to do what he did, is that has, to me, now after seeing him on, on the NFL field and what he can do, that has a Super Bowl-type pedigree. To, to me, in, in my opinion, the whole attitude of us against the world. Uh, I'm going to beat the team that beat me the last time, and, you know, we may not get to the playoffs this year, and they may not, you know, win a playoff game next year. They may get, I think they're going to get there at this point when you see them. They may not win it. That, that's the kind of quarterback you have to have, the kind of guy that goes, we're going to, okay, this year we didn't make the playoffs. We're going to, or, or if they do make the playoffs this year and, and they get beat in the first round, the goal is going to be we're winning a playoff game. No, there's no way I'm losing that that playoff game again next year. And him, he might win that first one next year for us. And then the year after, it's all of a sudden, 
uh, a team that can get to the Super Bowl. So that's the nice thing, man. It's uh, it's having a guy that sees it that way, um, you know, and that all trickles down. I think the the, the the guys in the locker room, you're seeing, you're seeing a team that's finally more excited, I think, than the fans are about this team. And when when can we have said that? You know, these loyal fans who've been optimistic over every terrible situation have always been more excited, it feels, than the players in brown and orange have throughout any any of these seasons that I can remember since they've come back. And now it looks like when you watch the sidelines, the camaraderie, the way they, you know, take a punch and then give it right back in a game instead of folding that game that they that they won last Sunday, they would have lost many, many times. They would have given that game away, but they were able to go get the pick on Cam, get the ball back, and get into victory formation. I mean, that's that that was a huge victory against a team clawing for a playoff spot. Um, and now we just got to go win – Sunday. We've got to be able to beat a divisional, uh, a non-division opponent on the road. We haven't done that in 49 months since uh, at Atlanta in, in November 2014. We, we haven't won a, a non-divisional uh, road game. So this one's huge. It, it doesn't even matter if we get to the playoffs or not. I think this, this is one of those things that even though Baker hasn't been around in the past, he's got to take that, that we're not losing a non-division a road game uh, this year. We're going to at least win one of these. That has to be the goal. And uh, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm thinking I've never even bought a Browns jersey in my life. But I think I'm going to have to at this Christmas. You know, I think I'm going to have to buy a number six. <laughs> yeah, talk about the fans for a minute. Are, are we state of masochists or are we complete loyalists? What's your take on Cleveland Browns fans? <laughs> well, I think we, we are what – we are what they give us, you know, um, and we always will be in Cleveland. And, uh, you know, so there is a state of masochism to uh, eras that we have been, but um, we're definitely, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a football team, right? We're, we are loyalists, you know, even when it's a win or lose, it's, you know, you're losing a football game isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, losing 31 or 32 really sucks. But, um, you know, uh, they're our team, you know. The great thing about Cleveland and the Browns are, you know, they're, they're just they're brown and orange, man. You know, they're just, you know, simple colors. It almost looks like a Dickies work, work uniform, you know, that you would go into a factory as, as, a, as a football uniform. It's, it's the closest thing to just like a, you know, a, 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 a warehouse factory uniform. <laughs> and it just epitomizes, you know what I mean? It just epitomizes everything about uh, that city and, and the fans. And, you know, um, what I love the most is when I hear other comics or people not I work the road and I travel out and I meet a lot of different people is when they tell you that they've been to Cleveland, their eyes light up a little bit. Now they're like, dude, I went to Cleveland. Cleveland's great. Dude, Cleveland's amazing. I went to the fan, the people are in. You know what? That is, so whatever we are, we're that to people on the outside. I want I want people to know in Cleveland that people, you know, generally ninety five percent of the time, are like, oh, I love Cleveland. I can't wait to go back. The people were great. I lucky, you know, even if they were there during baseball season or, or they weren't there at a football, like they get that vibe. They feel like when they're walking through the streets of Cleveland and they're meeting people, they kind of feel like they're they're in a dog pound in a way. Um, and that's in, in the best sense of the word. So that tickles me. And, you know, these fans, 
nobody deserves it more. There's not a fan base at a major four sports that deserve it more than, than Browns fans do to, to see a, you know, a championship finally roll through that town. And I think there's no better place than to wrap it up right there, Jason. Um, Every Browns fan right now feels like we can win that game when the Browns come on, and we haven't been able to say that since 99. So um, it feels yeah, good, man. Really, I know it's going to feel good for you to be back in Lorraine for the comedy show, man. So we're excited that you're bringing, uh, be bringing some other comics in to chop it up. Yeah, man, Joe List, Brethren's, check them out. The show's this uh, Saturday, December 22nd at the Lorraine Palace Theater. You, know, you could get tickets online at uh, Lorraine Palace. Dot org and uh, it's 440-245-2323 is the box office number. So um, it's going to be an awesome show. It's a beautiful grand old theater. It's a great town. Lorraine is, is, is you, know, uh, just, you know, just like that dog pound in Cleveland. They're great people and uh, can't wait to be home and see my family, bring my fiance, and uh, have a great night. So uh, Good. Thank you for doing our Christmas shopping for us, Jason. So we know we're getting Christmas <laughs> gifts for folks. So. Absolutely, man. Come on out, and uh, these guys are great. You're gonna, you, you won't regret it. I appreciate it, Pete. Check out Jason and Lorraine. Jake, uh, good stuff with Lawhead, as always, man. The guy always has some laughs, uh, and I know you love those uh, referee stories. Oh, yeah, man. Just being an umpire and a hockey official, I mean, I can't imagine a better place to train for hecklers than uh, officiating uh, whatever sport and having to deal with coaches and players and uh, the parents and the fans of uh, of each of those individual sports. It's always challenging to uh, negotiate that. And I guess as a comedian, uh, what better what better place to, to, to work on your heckle skills? Yeah, definitely. So definitely get out there to Lorraine. Check out Lawhead, Brett Ernst, and Joe List. Um, I mean, why wouldn't you want to laugh during the Christmas time? And like I said, the tickets are affordable and they got free parking. So it's a great event. Um, Definitely be there. We'll be talking to you guys about the Browns and Buckeyes the next time you hear from us. So we will talk at you next time.